What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pound Threes Gaming Podcast. This is episode 20. Made it out of the teens. Big milestone here. Um, so I'm pretty excited for that. Uh, my next guest is somebody that I actually spoke to um, before my little hiatus. Uh, wanted to get him on for an episode. Um, and it just didn't really come to fruition back then. So now that we're kind of back on it, um, I reached back out and glad that he uh, came to the call, which is great. So um, really stoked to have him on here. So without further ado, I'll let him introduce himself. Hey, everybody. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on for episode 20. My name is Todd Chappius, and you can find me on the PlayStation Network as Happy Chappy 96. All right, sweet. We finally got a PlayStation guy again. <laughs> um, I've been riding with a couple of PC and Xbox guests, so I'm glad we can uh, we can dive into that. Um, my first question has to be, um, has that been kind of your console or your network kind of throughout um, gaming for you? And when did it start slash where um, and what console? Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely uh, been my, my console of choice. I've always gravitated towards it. Uh, the first console I played on was the PlayStation 1. Uh, but right. the first one I owned was a PlayStation 2 Slim. Okay, so, here we go. Yeah, the little little tiny looked like a DVD case almost. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was the first one I owned. So, and then I'm I'm currently on PlayStation 4. Haven't mm. yet acquired a uh, PlayStation 5, but that should oh, be uh, near future. I'm, I've I've heard right. it's it's loosening up, so I'm I'm looking forward to continuing the legacy. Sweet man. Okay, so let's. Dude, let's get into it because, um, yeah, PlayStation 1 was my first console. Um, and so here's here's a game. When I think of that, the first game I think of is, um, I'm going to screw up the name and I might just look it up here, but it was like Jedi Battle, uh, Jedi Power Battles, um, okay. like episode Star Wars Episode 1, something along those lines. And it was a super pixelated um <laughs> but also like decent enough movement that it was a little three-dimensional and isometric and okay. you had the powers and you had a lightsaber and you could jump around and stuff like that so always think of that crash bandicoot of course spyro um for sure and um hot wheels racing was another okay. good one for me um, yeah i've talked about that previously that um after i so I, you know, start doing this podcast thing. And then as I'm talking to guests, I'm starting to recall things. Um, and I went on YouTube one time and I watched like a 10 minute video of Hot Wheels racing. And okay. I was just like tractor beamed to the, to the video because the biggest thing for me was the sounds. It just totally took me back um, to playing is hearing those sounds. And the, there, there was just very specific things about that game that I remember very fondly. Um, but that's kind of my one, two, three, four of the PS one days. So what, what kind of, what jumps out when you think about that console? Oh man. When I think PlayStation one, it, 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 the number one memory I have of it is, uh, my, my good friend, Brennan down in San Diego in his game room, he had mm -hmm. the PS one set up and we would play, it was a motocross game. It might've been mm -hmm. like an, an early version of MX Unleashed, something like that. Uh-huh. And why it sticks out is we would just play it. We each have a round of going on doing these tricks. Mm -hmm. And his little brother would always just get so hyped and scream at the top <laughs> of his lungs. 
and I'd always want to go over and play this motocross game. So mm-hmm. that's really the only game I truly remember from yeah. the PlayStation one era. Mm-hmm. Uh, my real like gaming memory starts coming in a little bit more on the PlayStation two, but uh-huh. what got me hooked was MX unleashed. Just getting in yeah. on that. Like that was addicting to say the least. Yeah, for sure. Cool, man. Yeah. Um, so I had that PS one and then I moved, I remember my eighth birthday. I remember getting the box, opening the box oh, and being go. like, Oh my God, <laughs> it's on. Um, I had, I had the thick boy. I, right, had the OG. Um, I, I actually did have a um, PS3 slim and then a PS4 slim. So okay. I kind of went, you know, back down to the slim route. And I think that had a lot to do with um, the releases and I wasn't buying the console as soon as it was released. It was maybe mm-hmm. a year down the road and they usually um, upgrade. And um, I can't think of the word right now. I mean, there's an evolution, but they basically make the, the, the system more efficient with different chips and stuff like that as they yeah, get exactly. Similar. But um, got the PS2 and um, I've talked about this before, but the ones that just scream out of the PlayStation 2 uh, days was Ratchet and Clank, Jack and Daxter, Battlefront. Um, yep. And then even also, I thought about this recently, Sly Cooper. That was another huge game okay. that I played. Um, but those are probably like the, the top three plus Sly Cooper that I played and then sports games. Um, that was like the another big portion so um, what are we getting out of the PlayStation 2 for you in those days so my story isn't as well it was exciting for its own right it wasn't a birthday present but uh, Mm -hmm. I wasn't allowed to have my own video games other than playing on like my parents PC until Mm -hmm. I was in fifth grade and so I remember I had to write like an essay and give a speech to my mom about you know, why, why now is the right time for me to be able to play the PlayStation. You know, I'll limit myself to an hour and a half over the entire weekend. Wow. Like, yes. This I is why you, I need it. And so it took, it took like two months. And then I finally convinced both my mom and my dad. Mm-hmm. I had to spend my, I had to save up my own money, go and buy the PlayStation yeah. two. And yep. uh, of course, the first games I had to buy was Star Wars Battlefront one and two. Yep. So that's, that's like the Holy grail for me as I've, I've heard other listeners or other, other guests yeah. say the exact same thing. And mm-hmm. it's hard to argue with greatness, right? You know, you, you, can't, <laughs> you can't dispute that. Those are a lot of gamers early childhood, just hours in yeah. front of the screen with those games. Mm-hmm. Um, another game that sticks out to me, is Midnight Club. Oh yeah. Three, Midnight oh, Club yeah. 3. Wow. Uh and what sticks out is the song Real Big. <laughs> it was the theme song to it. And it always just got me pumped up to go race cars yep. in the streets of San Diego. I don't know why. Cuz I cuz I lived I was born in San Diego and I lived down exactly. there and I was like, "Oh, there's Petco Park. Like I'm going to go drive around the bases and do donuts on home plate." Like this is mm-hmm. a real big plan. So, uh Battlefronts, Midnight Club, sports games of course. Uh, MLB The Show was a big one for me as well as um Slugfest. MLB yep. Slugfest. That was and they, they need to bring something like that back. But that, yeah. that like, I loved playing Slugfest because it was super unrealistic. 
Mm-hmm. And now that I'm talking about it, man, the pitching, I just remember the yes. pitching and getting like the volcano and that yeah, thing dude. going in <laughs> and then like getting to first and getting out, but then punching the first baseman. So you're safe. And there's a cheat yeah. code where you could get like a clown who would do like stupid catches and stuff. Yeah. Um, that uh, was too good. But the game that I would always go to my friend's house to play mm-hmm. that got me super into gaming was Lord of the Rings on PlayStation 2. Oh man, the two towers. Yes. Yes. And yep. we I think you had the ability to do two player there. And for oh, some so reason two towers, the two towers was single player. That was um you go from I think the first mission is like Mines of Moria, and then you go all the way up to the Hornburg courtyard. That's the end of the two towers. Okay. So they did that um, up to Helm's Deep. And then Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, obviously the sequel, that was where they did the co-op. And you're a little more blown out, like isometric. And yep. like the one of the missions that was so frustrating for me for a long time was when you beat the... Um, I, I'm calling him the ghost king because I just can't remember. Dude, I was uh, literally going to say the exact same And thing. you're running towards the camera yes. and you don't yes. know where the path is. Yeah. Yeah. That I, I was going to say the most frustrating level was when you had to go to like the ghost army's base almost like, it's like the, the king cave. of the dead. Something along yeah. those lines. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. And if I'm not mistaken, Return of the King, the first level, you play as Gandalf yes at helms deep at helms deep yep. yes yeah okay yeah that was that was the game for me and i remember mm-hmm. you unlocked different characters as you progress through the game if yep. i'm not mistaken and my friend obviously owned the playstation so he would always use the phrase my playstation my play so he would get to play as like a super sick character and yep. then I would be playing as like Pippin or something, so like <laughs> a Hobbit. And I was like, "Dude, are you serious? Yeah. Like, I can't play as Legolas or like, you know?" He's like, "No, man, my PlayStation, my play. Like, I get to choose." Wow. So I was, I was always, always the lesser character, but that mm-hmm. that I loved going there because I loved the Lord of the Rings as a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, getting to play it was pretty awesome for me. Yeah, you are speaking my language, man. Um, so. I'll say it again. Um, one of my fondest memories early on when I realized I was actually very interested in video games was um, with my godfather and my dad playing the two towers on my godfather's PlayStation 2. And like you said, um, I was also a huge fan of Lord of the Rings. The first, the first time I ever saw Lord of the Rings was on VHS on yep. like a like a 11 inch. TV screen in my bedroom. I had that portable TV with a yeah, VHS yeah. in it. I, I watched that with my dad and it still was kind of like, Ooh, that's scary. And it's like a 11 inch screen yeah, yeah. with the whole troll thing. But, um, so oh, I was the troll. Yeah. I'm still, still absolutely hooked on Lord of the Rings and I'm super stoked. Amazon is releasing not only a series, but potentially a game in the future. So I'm, oh, I'm all go. about it. But, um, so it hooked me from the beginning, just fantasy, magic, elves, wizard, the whole thing. That's that's definitely right up my alley. And then playing the video game and being like, oh my God, I'm actually Aragon rolling through Fanghorn Forest or yep. I'm going into Helm's Deep. Like it just blew my mind that you could do that. Um, so the music was, coming to when the goblins would come, like, 100%. get the blood going. Yep. Uh, oh, yep. And they had and they had movie cutscenes in the games too, yes. because it was it was copyrighted. And so 
you're, you're just feel like you're there. And so it's yeah. just, I feel like, and I think we're on the same page here. It is like a dream. It's like a total fantasy to be like, I can be that person in that game and feel like I'm in that world. Yep. So um, the, the return of the King was really cool. And I think it was probably not groundbreaking because I'm just one person. I, I'm not like all seeing about video games, but what I thought was cool for me, what was groundbreaking for me was the co-op feature and how um, legit it was, you know, it, yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't, I don't know. It just felt like you could both progress your characters. And like you said, the whole my PlayStation, my play thing is hilarious because whoever got first pick <laughs> yep. is taking Aragon, bro. They're yep. taking yeah, Aragon. You have to, if you didn't, you're a fool. <laughs> yeah. So I remember that vividly with a buddy of mine who I've had on the podcast, Tanner Sitzestad. Um, we played that game for hours and it just was so cool that, you know, you had to tag along with each other because the camera yep. had to follow you too. And you had to know where you needed to go through the levels to do certain things. Like now I'm thinking about the level where you're fighting the elephant and you have to run to both sides of the map and shoot these massive crossbows yeah. to hit the elephant. And you just, you have to figure all these things out with somebody next to you. That was the cool part. It's like, mm -hmm. if you could find somebody that could nerd out on Lord of the Rings right next to you, like it was game on. So yeah. Um, My, oh, melding were, of the minds. Exactly. Exactly. So those, I just have such, such fond memories of those. I remember also, I could not beat Gollum for the mm. longest time. Yeah. It took me forever. And I also, one of my dad's friend's sons, um, he was like, oh yeah, it, you know, it took me a couple tries. And I'm like, looking at him, like, I, I hate you, bro. Like, like come on, dude. I'm still trying. <laughs> like, what are you talking about? It took you a couple tries, but um, no, that is a very, very fond memory of mine. Yeah. And uh, it makes me wonder when you talk about the co-op, because when I think of like a, a co-op similar to the one that we describe when we talk about Return of the King, I think of, of course, the, the Lego games. Yes, because you absolutely. have to work together. Right. And it, it makes me come mm -hmm. think like, all right, which which came first? And I'm sure mm -hmm. it's an easy Google search. But, you know, when you're talking about you both, you know, shooting the elephant, it's the same kind of teamwork that was required mm -hmm. on those Lego games, which were another big staple. Yeah sitting down with a friend like you said shoulder to shoulder mm -hmm. and the melding the minds there and it, it truly makes a, a magical like playing experience that you, you can't really get with a lot of other things yeah and also um that really set the stage for online gaming in the future i mean it, it's a progression right it's it's starting back with the two-player pong like you're just sitting next to somebody and boop 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 and you're just playing that and but it's totally engaging and you're with somebody next to you and then you just start progressing then it's nintendo and i'm not saying in chronological order perfectly but nintendo 64 four controllers now yep. four people are gaming together playing smash bros playing mario kart and you're starting to increase that number then you're you know you're starting to get into like halo Halo is four controllers on the Xbox, but then Halo 2 and then Halo 3 is online. And then you yeah. have this explosion of Big time. now I connect with I can connect with people all over the world and kind of feel similar to the classic land party of sitting next to next to each other on the couch. Um, and especially for today's world going totally digital and obviously the, the COVID-19 virus situation and people having to work remote and stay at home, stuff like that. It's incredibly important because that's a way to connect with people. But I want to save that for a little bit later. I'm very totally. happily in the PS2 days right now. Yeah, yeah, but, absolutely. <laughs> um, I just think, I think you, you know, you kind of hit a point there of just 
sitting next to each other, playing the game, going through something together. Um, it, it's definitely something beautiful. And there's a reason why we have such fond memories of that um, mm-hmm. as opposed to some game that we can't remember right now because it was just a, us playing it alone and just not as yeah. memorable. Not that I don't have those memorable games. Like I already mentioned Ratchet and Clank and Jack and Daxter and stuff like that, or Battlefront for another, another example where it's just you, you're yeah. just playing and you're playing thousands, not thousands, you know, hundreds of, of AI. Yeah. Um, but you know, there's just certain games that kind of rise to the top. And I think one of the biggest reasons why Lord of the Rings Return of the King rose to the top is that co-op um, and just being able to go through such an amazing story like you were living it. And and also there's yeah. the progression, like the new moves you could kind of build up yourself and, and showing each other like what moves you could learn and stuff like that. I mean, yep. all of that was taken into account. Well, it's, especially for me, like uh, you said, living the dream. Mm-hmm. When I was a, when I was a kid, I had two other friends, a kid named Shaver and a kid named John. And we were okay. all like, we were the three uh, just buddies and mm-hmm. we all went to the same elementary school and every lunch we'd go on the field. John was Aragon, Shaver was Let's Legolas go. and I was Gimli dude. And we just run around the track and in the trees mm-hmm. and like imagination. And then we start playing the game and it's like, dude, we can literally take what we were doing <laughs> on the field and like reenact it for real now yep. on the TV, which. Yep it blew my mind <laughs> dude the thousands of times that i pretended to be aragon in my backyard with a plastic ninja sword i, I it's like <laughs> yep. it's not even funny just yeah there's definitely something that was um like almost intoxicating like i'm just thinking back of just that that world that was built and you could just kind of immerse yourself in and obviously that's an ode to the acting and the director and all that stuff but um, since we're so kind of in deep right now to Lord of the Rings, I have to tell you that um, I think maybe a week ago, um, I think it was last weekend, I remember that previously I found out that Dom Moynihan, who played Mary, and Billy Boyd, who played Pippin, have started a podcast this oh, year, okay. and they it's called The Friendship Onion. Um, I've been listening to it this whole week. It is awesome it's hilarious it's also kind of widespread like they talk about music they talk about food they talk about Mm -hmm. just kind of their experiences whether it's in acting or life and families or whatever but they also hit pretty heavily on lord of the rings and they invite guests on to ask them questions and any question quiz whatever um i highly recommend it it's on spotify it's on whatever wherever you can find it um the friendship onion friendship onion and um just hearing their voices dom's voice is um it it's much raspier now but billy boyd's voice is like pippin it's just spot literally on. coming through your speakers <laughs> um but no they talk about all kinds of stuff like um i guess you could call them secrets and stuff like that but basically behind the scenes stuff about what they were doing and what was happening when they were filming certain scenes um and how they kind of influenced their roles in the movies and like one example is when um, in The Return of the King, when Pippin steals the Palantir from Gandalf, when Gandalf is sleeping with his eyes open, oh yeah, yeah. He, he swaps it out with a little vase and he's all, I actually talked to Peter Jackson and I said, hey, can I channel some like Indiana Jones and <laughs> do that? And Peter Jackson was like, that's brilliant. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. And so it's just kind of cool to hear some insider 
um, on that. And also yeah. they're just the best of buds. Um, like in this episode I just listened to, they, they crashed through a whole conversation about law legal legends. Like okay. they're just, so I highly recommend it just because it's, it's definitely nostalgic. It's really cool that it's just these two guys, um, you know, very accessible. So, um, anyways, I got to know, I guess I'll, I'll end my rant, but do they talk about the tomato eating scene? When... They have not hit the tomato okay. eating scene yet. <laughs> yeah, that, no. that better come up because <laughs> that's, that's probably one of the greatest scenes of, uh, of all time. <laughs> yeah, no, they, so they hit that scene. They hit, um, the second breakfast and 11 C's and, uh, you know, all of that, they talk about, you know, that whole scene. And apparently, um, there was like a flash storm in New Zealand, like around that time. So they had to rush through that scene. Um, and then apparently Vigo Mortensen, who plays Aragon, he was like, Hey, should I throw something back to them? Um, you know, just to kind of mess with them. Cause obviously he kind of storms off and he's like, there's no, yeah. break, you know, second, whatever. And he throws an apple and Dom explains that like, Mary is seen with apples kind of throughout the, the series. And so it just made sense that it was an apple. And so that's just a detail you would never yeah. pick up on, um, but they kind of talk through it. So um, I definitely recommend that. I'll, I'll honestly, I'll just text it to you just so you have it. But yeah, please do. Um, definitely recommend that. So um, I want to keep going on the, on the Lord of the Rings thing here. And I want to ask you if you've played um, Shadow of Mordor and Shadow of War. Um, yes. Okay, great. Because those, I actually, it's a controversial um, plot. So yes. it's non-canon. And yep. um, here, one the second. Whole kind Sorry of, about that. Yeah, go for it. It's all good. Um, the whole kind of Calabrimbor thing, the um, the Smith. Also, can you hear me right now? Or yeah, you? I can hear you. Okay, cool. So the whole the whole sequence of him being bonded with the Smith of the rings is like completely non-canon and him meeting the people he did is again, just non-canon. So a lot of people right. were kind of like, this is a money grab by WB games. Like it's, they're just totally tarnishing kind of the history and the story of, of what's going on here. But my playthrough of it was like a, the, the gameplay and the AI, the nemesis system and all of that. I was enamored. And awesome. just, just thinking about like where we were at, right? Like the last Lord of the Rings game. I mean, there was, um, there was like the third age, there's, um, a, an online MMO that, that came out for Lord of the Rings that I, I didn't yeah. play, but this being similar to the games I played on the PS2, I was right down memory lane and it was updated graphics, updated gameplay, like cool news. I just felt like it was really cool. So I yeah. was not on kind of the haters side of the whole thing, but I well, want to hear your thoughts on, on that whole deal. Now that I think about it, it's, if, if you look at the game itself, they never actually say like Lord of the Rings, Shadow of Mordor, right? It's always just Middle Earth, Shadow of Mordor. That's a really good point. So they're never claiming to be, you know, taking what, you know, the story of Lord of the Rings and continuing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's more so of their interpretation of, something yeah. that could have happened and i mean given the universe that lord of the rings takes place totally. in i could totally see this kind of event occurring mm -hmm. uh so you know maybe it could be like uh quentin tarantino's 
uh, one night in Hollywood or whatever, you know, you know, the <laughs> yep. one day in Hollywood where it's a, a different take on what happened, but yeah, I, I, I never really cared too much about, Oh, you know, this isn't Canon. This is, yeah. you know, baloney. I thought it was an awesome game. Yeah. I love the story. Mm. The game itself, be it Canon or not, which it obviously isn't a great story. You can't argue that. Yeah. No, and absolutely. So, you know, I, I, I was all about it. I loved it. I loved, I personally loved Shadow of Mordor more than Shadow of War. Okay. Um, mainly be, for me, because I always, I think, like the first game a little bit more. Not, I mm-hmm. mean, not always, but I think I'm a little bit more, it was more brand new to me when I first started playing it. So totally. the wow factor was much higher. Mm-hmm. And then Shadow of War, got a little long uh dude oh my god my roommates because i was i was at uh i was living at the house um at cal poly at the time and my my roommates were like they'd come in and they're like you're still playing this game and i'm looking at them like bloodshot eyes crazy (laughs) hair like yeah i just need to beat this game bro i just need to beat this game and I was even playing it to get the final cutscene. Oh There's, my lord, that so adds, that's that adds like, like fifteen hours. It's like twenty castle raids that you yeah. have to do to get that final cutscene. And yeah, I did. I never got I there. Did I'm, lose, I'll be honest with you. I did lose my um, total love for the game a little bit yep. because you're just you're it's just grindy. beating your head against the wall, just trying to get through gameplay just to see something. Yeah. I could literally just go on YouTube and if I really wanted it to be like cinematic, I could hook up my speakers to my TV and like make a scene out of it. You know what I mean? Like I didn't yeah. have to punch through all of that stuff. And even, even without counting that, I still agree that the story did not grab me like shadow of Mordor did because it really, really, especially in the, in the sequel felt like, amazing world amazing character or yeah characters amazing ai and gameplay and here's a story slapped on the side of it because yeah we just have to make a story that's really what that felt like and the cutscenes weren't i I think the cutscenes in the first one were awesome and the second one again felt a little bit just thrown in there yep um and you know i compared the length of that game to a game like the witcher 3 Yep. And because they're they're both I mean, Witcher 3 is probably even a little longer, but I think yeah, the diversity in gameplay, environment, oh God, and story alone. Yeah. yeah, is is way higher in The Witcher mm. versus Shadow of War, where like I said, it just got grindy there at the end where yeah. you're doing these raids, you're not even really progressing. You've got the same skills you've had for, <laughs> yeah. for the last 10 raids and, and you're just keep going yeah. and going. So, but I mean, still great games. I mean, they're awesome. Yeah. Is uh, Lord of the Rings universe. It's, it's hard to make a bad game in that universe. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm, I'm thinking about things specifically now that I actually really did enjoy about shadow of war. And when you did your first castle raid and you were actually blowing through that, I mean, it, yeah. it was a great um, functional um sequence you know yep. opening the doors killing captains and defending locations and getting your way all the way up to the boss battle and um it reminds me of uh 
I don't know why I just thought about this, but Assassin's Creed 4 Black Flag, there are scenes where you um, destroy forts and then you yeah. go and seize, you siege the fort. And the final boss, you like kick open the door in this like badass way. And then it's just this dude with his hands up and you're kind of like, is he gonna fight me or do I do anything here? And all you have to do is just kind of walk up to him and you you assassinate him and it's just kind of over. Yeah. And so it's super anticlimactic, especially for the sequence that they were able to put together with sieging this fort, especially from uh, from a pirate ship. I mean, it was amazing, but then it was just totally yeah. anticlimactic. Whereas Shadow of War, it is a full blown boss it's a dog battle. Fight. Actually, definitely difficult. There's archers you got to go climb and fight. I mean it. They really did that. You well. get turned and so you on can... and betrayed by your captain. Exactly. It's it's crazy. Yeah. So you can tell their time was spent in their nemesis system and in their um, their gameplay, which is not a bad thing. Don't get no, me wrong. Not at all. Like you you don't. I mean, there is a certain place. Um, there's a certain time and place for an extremely heavy story, like a, a Telltale's game or like a Heavy Rain or like. Uh, mm -hmm. LA Noir, where it's really just story and you're just kind of simple gameplay mechanics going throughout it. But this, you could tell it was the opposite. And again, like I said, not, not the end of the world. And also fighting a Balrog with a Drake, like yeah. that, that sequence was, they literally hit it out of the park. That was too that good. Whole, that was too that good. That whole deal. Um, but yeah, definitely, definitely grindy towards the end. Um, Wow. So that is definitely my uh, fill of Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Lord Rings, of yeah. For, for a hot sec. Um, that's, no, that's great. Um, so if we had to jump back to the PS2, um, is there anything else? I mean, we talked about Slugfest. We talked about Battlefront. Battlefront and the whole, I feel like, I, I, I don't think I'd be overstepping if I said that that was revolutionary in a way, because yeah. I don't know how many other games were able to pull off as engaging and fun um, war AI as Battlefront did. Yeah. Because like, it didn't get old. Like I, I played a thousand times on one map and you're still figuring out different ways or fun ways or like you're, you're so good at one way that it's literally just fun to do that over and over again. I mean, yep. It, and like not playing on, uh, on Hoth. You'd go to like, uh, you'd be a sniper in, in the rebel base, and you just shoot out the uh, pluck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was my my grindy strategy, I guess you could say. Yeah, uh, yep. yeah I totally get what you're saying there. Yeah, it was it was super engaging, and and there was a little bit of that shoulder to shoulder camaraderie Absolutely. there because of the split screen, and mm -hmm. you know, getting stoked when you or your buddy got to play as Luke Skywalker, and. <laughs> yeah. Or even like friendly firing your friend just to mess with them. <laughs> like, yeah. like they literally just got Yoda and you're like, oh, sick. Wait, let me see. And you just bazooka them. And they're like, dude, come on. Uh, yep, controlling. Absolutely. Controlling. Yep. So um, is there anything else that you feel like kind of jumped out of the PlayStation 2 era? And also I want to ask this question as well. Um, we're talking about kind of our favorite games from that era. Um, is there anything else that you feel like kind of set you up for your gaming interests moving forward on top of what we've already talked about? Cause I'm sure you're still playing games similar right. to what we just talked about. Right. Um, but was there anything that was kind of like, that was the time that guided me on this path because I love action RPGs. Now I love first person shooters and third person shooters. Now and I have a feeling that it really had a lot to do with 
Call of Duty and Medal of Honor on PS2. Like that was yep. another thing. Oh, so, Medal of Honor. Yeah, that's a great. Oh, yeah, Call of Duty 2 and Call yep. of Duty 3. I it's funny uh I think when I think back to those games, I would, I would play it with my cousin in Alabama. And mm-hmm. this was before I even got my gaming systems. Again, this was pre-fifth grade. Uh, <laughs> pre sales yeah, pitch. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> we'd be playing uh, Call of Duty 3, I think. Yeah, yeah where, where it starts um, with you jumping over that wall into the battle i remember that cutscene. you know you're in the 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 covered truck and then you get vaulted over the wall and you start fighting the germans there but uh mm-hmm. my parents and my aunt and uncle would go out to dinner my cousin and i would start playing and like five hours later they'd come back yep and my dad would always say like so did you save the world yet and you know, <laughs> we're still like halfway through and you know it that kind of joke but it was like yeah i actually felt like i was saving the world yeah you know fighting these battles and yep i still play those kind of war games now not not as much Mm -hmm. as i did back then because i was i was really into world war ii but Mm -hmm. uh that's definitely influenced my gaming choices moving forward yeah yeah absolutely i remember playing at my cousin's house it was Two of my cousins, they were brothers, and they they had all the Call of Duties. They had all of the Medal of Honors. I, at the time, I'm almost positive I was not allowed to play uh, military first-person shooters, and so, or at least own them, and then I'd go over there, and, you know, yep. there'd be a little talking to, and it's like, but, you know, we're playing together, we're having fun, and they'd be like, okay, okay. Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, playing playing that stuff, it that, to this day, it, it absolutely... Um, I was going to say mesmerizes, but it just captures so many people's curiosity, interests, and it really is kind of getting to the point where it's just the competitive thing and yeah. Call of Duty is such a household name, really. Yep. Like anybody can kind of, even if you don't even play video games, you can hear Call of Duty and know, oh yeah, I, I know that's a video game. Um, one thing I just remembered and I just realized I feel like I have to say there's a pretty gnarly um, lawsuit and a lot of allegations going on between Activision mm, and yep. Blizzard right now. So um, I will say, I guess I have to say this. I don't feel like I'm mainstream enough, but that's horrible. And yeah. that's like, there's n- literally no excuse, no excuse um, at all for any of that. And um, it really bums me out that like, these pro this product is sitting on my shelf and I'm just like, Oh, that's kind of part of something that's weird. So I, I want to try to separate that based on my memories from back in the day. That was so fun from that. But I also just have to acknowledge that that's all going on and it's it's pretty horrific, but I I don't know enough of the details. I know some of them, but I just know that like, it it does definitely put an asterisk next to it because you think like, okay, these games that I've grown to love and cherish and our, our childhood memories to some degree and high school memories could have been created in, in like such a toxic and harmful environment. And that, that kind of, yeah. it does, like I said, put an asterisk next to it where you got to kind of think about it. And it's, 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 un- it's extremely unfortunate. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I actually kind of frequent um, YouTube a lot, especially on my, my commutes back and forth. And I, I would keep up with YouTubers that were talking about the next releases on Warzone and stuff like that and kind of breaking through 
or breaking down, um, you know, the, the long, the laundry list of, of items they're adding and stuff. And this most recent one, the guy that I watched was, um, talking about a, of course, paid, paid for DLC that they are selling. Um, yep. but it has soap Maktavish from, Oh, I, I'm pretty sure he was in, no, he was in Modern Warfare 2 first, I think. I don't no, think no, he was, he was in, in Modern, Modern Warfare, Warfare 1. 1. He was, it you, was played, a, you okay. played a soap because Captain Price says, like, soap, what kind of name is that? that? That's right. That's yeah. right. You're right. You're right. Okay. The so, FNG, bro. The FNG. Yep. That's right. So um, they just they just finally released soap into Warzone, but he's behind a paywall. You have to pay for his package, and he, he, get, he comes in with a gun and, like, a different couple of skins. Um, but the dude was like, and his channel really is like call of duty related. And he was yeah. just like, yeah, I don't support buying this like at all. I don't feel good paying, you know, money to this company right now. And I just thought that was pretty legit for somebody that is, um, he's, I would say he's got a solid following. He gets like five to 6,000 likes a video. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, he's, he's able to go out there and say, here's all the content you can make your choices, but I personally would not prefer or would not recommend purchasing this right now. So um, I definitely, you know, respect that for, for what it's worth. But um, I guess for, for this, especially because we're trying to be as nostalgic as we can, and we're going back in the day, we'll try to separate it here, but at least um, I think it was absolutely worth acknowledging and absolutely just saying like, there's just no room for it anywhere. Yeah, no, really. I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So to kind of jump off of that topic and, and I guess let's move forward a little bit to the PS3 era because PS3, yeah. that's a big one. I mean, that's like the worlds start really getting substantial in, yes. in that. And you really like open world gaming takes a huge turn. Sports games start looking like literally the person you see on the TV is on your TV screen yep. as you play the sports game. Um, and some I would say some new IPs are coming out with the PS3, but mostly it's like sequels and the same worlds from the PlayStation 2 games. Um, so what what kind of jumps out at you in, in the whole PlayStation 3 phase? Because I know it jumps out at me and it's a lot of online games because that's okay. where I jumped in. <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Tell me about what was that like? Well, it's also the birth of online of Happy Chappy 96. Uh, <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> because... Uh, I remember you could, there was some online capability for the PlayStation 2, but it was just way too complicated for me to figure yeah. out at the age I was at. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think the games that stick out to me are going to have to be, uh, and not in this order, any particular order, but yeah. Uh, Battlefield Bad Company 2. Oh boy. Yep. Was probably the game I put the most time into. Okay. Um, Skyrim. Another. Oh, here we go giant time time dump there yeah um i'm also thinking i played pretty much all of the drakes uncharted yep and the last one is gonna be a little big planet i played Let's a good go. amount of those yeah yeah those are gonna absolutely be probably my my and, and sports games throughout those ones are, oh man and now i keep thinking assassin's creed that's coming through uh but uh, and sports games riddled throughout, but those ones really are the ones I, I hold dear and the ones that really stuck the hook in where it's like, all right, you're, you're going to be gaming for a while, but you're not. <laughs> this isn't going to be a hobby that you just give up 
And yeah, uh, so that's, uh, that's, those are, those are the Holy grails for me. Very cool. So I, uh, I have not really taken a deep dive into any of those four yet. So okay, we can take this at any order, um, All right. but I would love to kind of dive into these because I played Battlefield Bad Company um, with my buddy, Jimmy. Um, and that you could just tell was different. The yes. way the world changed as you rolled through a level, whether it was being blown yep. up or things were happening and, and world events were happening, whatever it was, it was different and it just felt different. The world felt like maybe it was more reactive or maybe it was more clear, like whatever it was, they were able to do something different. Um, Dice is, is who I'm referring to here. Yeah. Um, so I, I would love to hear about Bad Company 2 because I don't know that I played that one. Okay. Um, and obviously it's the sequel. So yeah. tell me a little bit about that. So I, I didn't play Bad Company 1, but I had just recently bought the PlayStation 3 because again, I had a late start in the PS2 and then PS3 was already out, I think, when I had the PS2. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember telling my my neighbor and good friend, Jack, uh, mm-hmm. lived up the street. He introduced me to kind of the first person shooters. And I remember like, dude, I keep seeing these videos for Bad Company 2 and it looks like a pretty sweet game. And so I go and buy it and I was the first of any of my friends to start playing it. Nice. And I bring them over and I show them the online. And as soon as we start going around and like putting C4 on buildings, there's people on the second floor, toppling them down, that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. He literally drove to Target. And he's like, all right, I'm going to start playing too. <laughs> and so it, it would it would be to the point where he and I would be playing and we'd, we'd be playing on Atacama Desert, Eureka Harbor, Port Valdez, all these just classic game, classic maps. Mm. And we'd play for like five hours straight. And then we'd go hang out in person for mm. like two hours and then go play again. <laughs> uh, and what I loved about it was, you know, like you were saying about a lot of the first person shooters nowadays, it's becoming more of sport. It's becoming, mm. you know, you got to get your, your, your aim ability dialed in, mm your ability to quickly do actions, just boom, sensitivity, boom, boom. like your, yeah. your Twitch response and shit like exactly. that. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, it's very involved. And the learning curve there is too much for me to really want to do it because yeah, at that point, it doesn't really come as become as fun for me. What yeah, I love about some would refer to it as extremely sweaty. Yes. <laughs> the sweat is high. The sweat of yeah. the sweatiest of the sweat. Yeah. And so what I love about bad company is like me and Jack would develop these strategies mm-hmm. and we'd execute them. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I was pretty good, but I wasn't great by any means, but yeah. because I had Jack and I, and sometimes other people all working together, mm-hmm. we were able to accomplish like a lot of great things in the game. Yeah. And, you know, doing even like Mimi things where we'd put like C4 on the front of a vehicle that your teammate drove. So you couldn't die from it driving into people and blowing it up like okay Mm -hmm. you know thinking outside of the box and yeah and and the fact that you could knife someone and get the dog tags and you could go Mm -hmm. to your collection of dog tags and see all the players that you've meleeed in the game uh it it really i I enjoyed the strategy and Mm -hmm. you you really felt accomplished when playing the game as as odd as that sounds like we worked together we got things done 
I think you, I think you hit, I would say three things right there on the head. Number one being squad play. Yeah. Call of duty has never, and probably will never nail squad play in multiplayer. Obviously there's Warzone, there's quads, trios, duos, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Uh, but that's just battle Royale. That's not in any way, shape or form call of duty's idea. No battlefield was able to nail squad gameplay and actually that affecting the game. Yep. Um, we'll get into it when we get into the PS4, but one of my all time, I feel like underrated uh, shooters, and maybe it's, maybe it's not underrated because I'm just not in the right group that plays battlefield, but battlefield one is like, it's awesome. One of the most incredible, almost like simulation games you can play the immersion of feeling the noises that happen the visuals the maps the just just if you talk about destruction that game does it better than any exactly and um so anyways but we're talking about you know something being revolutionary and i feel like bad company again i throw that term around and i i always have to asterisk like my limited experience in video games you know whatever but again like what you're saying there is Squad gameplay is something totally different than your typical shooter. It's fun and funny. Like yeah. to nail that is like what Halo did. Halo yep. 2 and Halo 3 was able to do that where it's like funny to be in games and do stupid stuff and and it look funny like sticking uh, a banshee and dropping a banshee on a group. Like all those little things or sticking something and launching an ATV across the map. I mean yeah. all of that stuff like that's what Battlefield was able to very intelligently nail in their game so that people can kind of get that vibe. Um, and the destruction of the maps and vehicles. Again, another thing that Call of Duty yes. can't seem to get right. Like no. vehicles actually making a difference in a game and the sandbox. Like I feel like that's what you have to call Battlefield is just yep. – big old sandbox that you just get to go into and play, which is, and again, we can talk about this in a little bit, but I am so stoked for Battlefield 2042. Coming. The portal, dude. Like, d- dude, dude, that, that trailer was insane. Yes. That trailer. I was, I was thinking, you know what, maybe I won't buy a PlayStation five. Maybe I'll, I'll not do it. I, I'll be content with my PlayStation four. The second I saw that, I was like, <laughs> First of all, yeah, we'll probably get into this later, but like there's, I think they're doing like teams of 128 or something ridiculous. Yes. It's like, a, it's a 128 person. Wait, no, no you're right. It's, two, it's teams of 128. Yes. Yeah. You're right. 256. Yeah. Servers. Like you talk about going from Pong to online. <laughs> We're there, brother. And so, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that I cannot wait for that. And and the second I saw the grenade with the smiley face pin on it, there there goes 70 bucks or however much games cost <laughs> out. Like literally, I made a checkout to to dice yeah. at that point. I was like, you guys, you got me, man. You got me. Yeah. No, so let's yeah, let's save that for a little bit later down down the road in, in this episode. But um I and you know it's funny that it's being thrown around like i almost can't wait that it's the call of duty killer because yes call of duty has just had the mainstream and on top of everything that's going on in in the background like 
it has run its course, man. Yep. It really has. Um, Apex is taking a big uh, leap right now. A lot of players yep. are jumping over to that. So that's pretty cool. But um, yeah, no, that's that's huge. Okay, so we've hit Bad Company 2. Um, yep. We've got uh, Skyrim, Drake's Uncharted, and Little yeah. Big Planet. So each, we could literally run an episode for Absolutely. each of those series. Um, the first one I do want to hear about, because I know the least about, um, is Little Big Planet. Um, so tell me about that because that's totally different than what we're talking about. You know, that's yeah, that's a completely definitely. different style. So um, what was yeah. what grabbed you on that one? Um, it, it's it's literally the the shoulder rubbing effect, like mm-hmm. with your buddies. I I never played that game single player, mm-hmm. and one of my favorite things to do is in the game. I, I love games where you can go to the online community and see levels that other people have made. Mm-hmm. And a little big planet did that better than a lot of games I've seen. Mm. And the, my favorite thing that my friend and I would do, there's two game modes we do. There was one where you could, they'd have a giant skateboard and okay. with your little sock guy, you would hold onto the skateboard as it would just go down this, this path. Mm-hmm. And it was, so dumb but like so entertaining to watch and be a part of like you felt like you're actually on the skateboard mm-hmm. so me and my friend james would always do that but the best game mode there was was called like bomb survival okay and so um have you ever played the game ori no heard a lot about it okay. seen trailers i think they're okay. coming out with a new one or just did book of or ori something book of the wisps or book of will of the wisps yeah that's that's the second one my my roommate back in san jose would play that often but the reason i think of it is the whole game is basically played in these underground catacombs Mm -hmm. and so what the little big planet bomb survival was is it was you and your friend and there was this giant tunnel system and you could explore it for like two minutes and then at the two minute mark they just start dropping these bombs that would destroy the world you'd have to hold on to things to not explode to take cover and every round a new bomb would be brought in it would just make things even more of a big explosion Mm. and so my friend and i would just literally spend nights where we'd just be playing this just Mm. to see how far we could get in the bomb survival and seeing (laughs) what new bombs are there what new maps and it it was it's just a great co-op game that is there's nothing really quite like it Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a game called like Mod Nation Racers, which was kind of similar to Little Big Planet, but yeah, you don't see that kind of character art, and it's kind of refreshing to see that. And totally. then the totally different level designs made by the game itself, but also the community mm-hmm. was something really unique, and I, I, I really enjoyed playing it with them. Yeah, you know, that's starting to scream. Um, uh, I think it's called PlayStation dreams or dream world or something along those lines where it it is just um it is just players building worlds and they're they're like recreating triple a studios games in dreams you know in that same in that in that unique art style so that kind of reminds me a little bit of that um i love that and it's funny that you say bomb survival because what that reminds me of is a game that i played on like a pc when i was super young called Bomberman. I don't know okay. if you ever played Bomberman, but it no. basically is the idea that you play 
imagine like a checkerboard that's three dimensional that you're looking at isometric so you can see you know up kind of uh, a little bit of a 3d version of it and okay. basically you're running around with these guys and you have bombs and you drop them and you try to time it so that someone else is running across in these perfect columns and rows and when you drop a bomb the flames would go up a row and out or up a column and out rows and okay. so you're trying to like take out people and there's chain effects and stuff like that so totally not anything similar to what you're talking about but when you said bomb survival yeah i just yeah. thought bomber man uh, <laughs> and that that's just an old game that is that um, like a addicting games type game or was it actually on a yes. disc okay yes I, I'm pretty sure it, it was that. I don't remember having a disc of Bomberman, but I could have. Um, my brother, who's who's a, a little older than me, would would know exactly where he played it, how he downloaded it, like all of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played it a bunch of different rounds, but um, yeah. So that just reminded me of that really quick. Um, okay, so we've hit that. There's Skyrim, which literally is like a full episode endless game, and yeah. there's Drake's Uncharted. Um, I think I want to talk about more briefly, although I don't want to do it a disservice, Drake's Uncharted. And then I kind of want to hear your take on Skyrim because totally, I don't know why, but I did not play Skyrim. Um, okay. I am like all in on the Witcher. I'm all in on uh, Horizon Zero Dawn fantasy game. Like it yeah. should have been right up my alley. The bread and I butter. Miss it for whatever reason. Wow. Okay. Um, but Drake's Uncharted my first experience of Drake's Uncharted was the first um, Drake's Fortune. Yep. And um, it was on a demo in a Target yes. on the PS3 that was, you know, connected to the wall and looking at the screen. And yeah. I would, so A, my mom loves Target. Yep. B, I'm like, take me whenever you want. I'm going yeah. straight to the video game I'm section. I'm going to go play. And I'm playing demos the whole time. Just pick me up when you're done. So, dude, great demo always... story, real quick. Yeah, they had MLB the Show on there, and yep. at the time, I was a huge Cardinals fan because my yeah. dad's from St. Louis. Mm-hmm. I did the demo. You get three innings. Albert Pujols batted third. I got uh-huh. two guys on. He's batting, and I jacked a three-run bomb in the demo at Target, and I was just like, "Let's go." Like that's, Drop the controller, walk away. Yeah, pimp the <laughs> controller. You know, it would that would, I love. I, I miss those days of demos. Yeah, just yep. hogging it. There's kids waiting behind me. Not bro, <laughs> my PlayStation, my play today. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, so. it was such a, it was such a cultural thing too, dude. Like yeah. just kids gathered around the demo spot, and I remember being in GameStops, and they'd have each console set up in yep, different yep. corners, and like. There was a whole thing about that, about which one were you going to go over to? And, oh, my God, the lines to wait for demos. I haven't oh, thought yeah. about that in I don't know how long. But, yeah. I, and what's funny is um, the PS3, I have a PS4 now, but the PS3 was the last console that I had demos saved on my console. Like same. I, have, I did the same I thing. I turned, I, I found my PS3, brought it to my apartment, turned that, turned it on, and looked and I had like 15 demos, like Mafia 3, Batman yep. Arkham City, like Mercenaries, all these things that are just like, oh my God, this was my bread and butter back in the day. And it was just crazy to kind of step down memory lane. But yeah, demos is like a thing of the past, even though they still do them, they definitely yeah. still do them, but they're I not as like big the anymore. Ones, 
the only ones you hear about are like betas and that's usually yeah. like a call of duty or a battlefield or a halo or whatever and they throw a beta tester out there to just yep. to kind of figure out their gameplay but wow demos have not thought about that in a long time demos man love them yeah. love okay, love so, them <laughs> so what started that whole topic there was uh drake's fortune and um again another game that i felt was different you're in this third person view and naughty dog was able to just nail what i feel like was um weight in a game you yes. felt the weight of the character and you felt like you were crushing up against a wall to take cover and you were you know doing yeah. the roll out of cover doing the aiming thing like they just nailed how i felt like if i was that character and then my buddy Jimmy, who said it on an episode previously, nailed it. And he said, dude, you're Indiana Jones in a video game. Yeah, like, exactly. Here you go. There's your sandbox. And so yep. he just nailed that description. Yeah. And, and what I love about the, the main character of that game is <clears throat> the fact that he is like an Indiana Jones type character where he's not this superhuman mm-hmm. super stud. Like he's to the point where you and I could probably – do the same stunts and stuff that he does, mm-hmm. but he's living this action movie lifestyle yeah. where he's hunting treasure, doing super sick stuff. And yeah, that, that's what caught me. You know, I, I, I really enjoyed the game. It wasn't my favorite gameplay by any sure. means, but what kept me going was the story. Mm-hmm. And um, it was one of the few games that I never looked up like hints on YouTube. Yeah. You know, I I truly played that game through Mm. and lived the action movie that it was. And, and, and that's why I played every single one. And I, and I really enjoyed all of them. Yeah. Um, real quick, what would you say your favorite was? I think you're going to say the first one because you're a traditionalist, if I had to call you something, but, (laughs) um, what was your favorite out of the four? I'm assuming, did you play lost legacy, which was, um, his love interest from the second one and one of the um one of the antagonists from the fourth one i i have not played that one yet i didn't either i was just yeah. curious if you played that but i i you know i'm actually gonna go against against the uh traditionalist uh, thing. Okay. uh i think my favorite one and you, you can give me a hard time for not remembering the name but i think it was it's the one where you go to uh africa okay so um, are you talking about like the sahara desert like it's yes. a desert sequence. Yes. Okay. That's the third. Yeah. Yes. I actually really enjoyed that one a lot. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you, you can drive vehicles a little bit more in that one, mm-hmm. which I liked. Um, I, I can't really, it's been a while since I played, so I can't pinpoint as to why I liked it more. I just, first mm-hmm. of all, I love kind of the desert environment. I love that. Yeah. That's pretty sick. Uh, but I think I was really satisfied when I finally finished the game. Yeah. And I, I can't remember why, cause I've played so many, but I, I just remember mm-hmm. like, I felt like, Oh, let's go. We did it. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think I, I think I kind of got the, I just need to finish this mentality when I was playing the third one, because I mm-hmm. bought, I bought the trilogy remastered on PS4. Uh, yeah. Um, and I, so I played the demo and I played the first one with my buddy, Jimmy back in the day, but I did not buy that when I was playing on a PS3. So, um, I played the remastered, loved the first two. In fact, I think, I don't know, the fourth one is 
just something else. And especially because the graphics are like so far advanced from the others. Yeah. Um, I, in fact, I played the fourth one with uh, my fiance and, and we loved it. The story, again, the story, the characters, they just crush it and they make yep. you so invested in what's going on in their lives. But um, the second one was the standout to me. And uh, the big thing just right off the bat is the opening scene is this train wreck and you're battling yes. injured through this train rack, climbing up these tra- these you know these cars, cable cars, and all this stuff. I mean, it was just like wow. They they literally they pro- I could just imagine the dev room just being like, what if we stuck him in a train wreck on the side of a mountain with explosives? And they're just and like, snow. yes, <laughs> let's do it. Yeah, exactly. So. Anyways, I remember two definitely kind of filtering to the top, but then we played four and I feel like four is just something else. They, I think all of the games except the first one were a little too lengthy. Yes. Um, just because there's no RPG system to it. It's it's just the character and it's just you're picking up weapons as you go and you're just kind of rolling through. There's no like skills you gain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It. It's just carrying. Maybe like a game, new gun so. here and there. Yeah, that, so that slow, kind of there's not really a sense of progression. It's just progressing through the story, which again, don't get yeah. me wrong. Naughty Dog is one of the best at, at yep. storytelling. But um, I, I felt like almost all of them, maybe except the first one, got a little too lengthy and they could have shortened it up just to kind of make it a little more succinct. Um, what was the one where they like go to the world that's under Earth? You- so that was Atlantis and that was two. Okay. They, they literally go to Atlantis and then that the third one. one, they go to like this, again, kind of a desert fiery scene and they go to this world. I think that was, uh, I might be mixing the two up, but essentially what I remember is the enemies could control fire and they were like basically throwing fireballs at you. And oh, stuff. yes. And so that was the third one. The, the second one was like the Yetis in the snow yes. and getting into um getting into atlantis and stuff like that and, and discovering all of that so that was that one now that i think of that I, I gotta say number two is my favorite because the twist of going to atlantis yeah was and it was such a huge world i remember you like see the horizon and you're just like yes. holy cow there's <laughs> so much here that yeah that was an awesome gaming moment for me. So I, I got to give number two, the the top spot. Yeah. And, it, and again, this was not my, not uh, the game's fault. It was my fault. I just, I got through the first two and I'm playing the trilogy. Right. So I feel like it's a package of three and I have to finish the third one. And yeah. I really just pushed my through, pushed myself through that third one. Yep. Um, and that was a disservice to the game. I should probably go back and play that just so I can kind of relive it and do, give it a fresh take. But um yeah, that was that was definitely the case for me. So, um, on the fourth of your list, we have the absolutely massive banger Skyrim, and yep. I I have to start this off by saying I I think about two weeks ago sat on the couch and watched forty two minutes of cinematic cutscene trailers oh, from Skyrim because beautiful. they are just they are literally like Christopher Nolan directed a fantasy film. I mean, they yep. are just unbelievable. Um, yeah. But tell me kind of like a start to finish situation of like, why did you even think about getting Skyrim? Um, yep. Did you play Oblivion? Like, did you, did you play any games before that? But what was the, what was the grab um, for Skyrim? Yeah. I mean, it came out my freshman year of high school. 
Okay. Uh, and I first heard about it when I was, it was like, I heard about it Thanksgiving break of my freshman year of high school because I'd just gotten done with a morning wrestling practice. Because okay. I, I wrestled in high school and uh-huh. I'm dead tired. I, my, my t-shirt's still wet. I'm walking home and my buddy, he's like, oh, what are you doing the rest of the day? I'm like, oh, I'm just going to go home, hang out, maybe go to the beach. Mm-hmm. He's like, that sounds cool and all, but have you ever heard of Skyrim? And I'm like, no. He's, he's like, dude, just look it up. And that's what you're going to do. And so I looked it up. Mm-hmm. I had just gotten my license. Oh, no, I hadn't got my license. I, I'm like, dad, take me to, take me to, take me to Best Buy. Went to Best Buy, picked it up immediately. Mm-hmm. And then just didn't look back. Um, yep. It was what I liked about it is it felt Lord of the Rings esque, uh, but it was it was really kind of my own story, right? Where yeah. Lord of the Rings, you know where the story's going. Yep. This one, I'm creating the story, I'm making the choices, and it 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 just felt like that kind of fantasy world with different creatures, different races of being, mm-hmm. and different abilities. First playthrough, I was magic. Okay, I cool. thought it was super sick to have flames in my hands. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, I it was just so different than anything I'd ever played. I'd never really played an RPG before. Mm. And definitely not a long form game like this where yeah. I was leveling up and all that, but I got hooked hard. And yeah, one of my favorite memories with it was my, uh, my cousin from Alabama was in San Diego and he was the most dedicated player to Skyrim I'd ever met. Mm. And so his, his flight got delayed and I had to go work at the beach. And this was in the summer at this point. So I've been playing for a little bit and I hadn't mm. really progressed far enough. And he was like, Oh, you haven't gotten a uh, Daedric armor yet. And I'm like, no, which Daedric armor is like the most intense armor you can get. Mm. And so his flight gets delayed and it's a beautiful day in San Diego. Uh-huh. Would have been epic for him to go to the beach. Instead, he's like, oh, no, I got you covered, bro. He spent 12 hours in my gaming room doing this, like, hack where you'd build a dagger, which would get your smithing up, and then you'd go and find these, you know, a Daedric heart would replenish every 48 game hours. So you'd just wait it out, go steal it. And he did this for, like, 12 hours, and I get home from the beach, you know, I'm sunburnt. I'm, you know, got sunscreen on me, everything. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking to my mom, I'm like, oh, did did, uh, did my cousin go back? And she's like, no, no, no. And I kill <laughs> upstairs and sure enough, dude, he's just, you know, bloodshot eyes. Just, <laughs> just sitting there, he's like, dude, I'm like 20 minutes away. <laughs> 20 minutes turns into another three hours. I'm oh. about to go to bed because I have to go to the go to the beach to work again in the morning. Yeah. He's like, dude, I did it. Come here, come here. <laughs> And sure enough, I got a full set of Daedric armor, a Daedric sword, Daedric shield. And he's like, I did it. And I was like, thanks, man. Cool. <laughs> and like, I was just like, geez. like it, it really wasn't that important to me, but he just put like 15 hours into the day, the game. Straight. All day. Just went for it. Dude. Yeah. And wow. that level of dedication is unmatched. Like, you, you know, yeah. he's in med school now and it makes sense. Uh-huh. Uh, totally makes sense. Yeah. But, uh, that that's one of the funniest memories I have with it. Yeah, absolutely. No. And again, I, I just don't even have 
I just didn't, again, I don't know why I didn't get into it. And I feel like at this point I didn't get into it just because I, I've noticed it, I really don't know. I mean, I play other games that I guess are, are older, but it just the graphics at this point, I feel like if I were to jump back into it or just not, not what I expect nowadays of playing like a PS4 and, and playing kind of the updated games. And so I guess that's the only thing I could say like holds me back from getting a game. Actually, the other thing is I'm actually terrified of what it would do to me. If I started yeah. that game, I feel like I would just get sucked in so hard um, and just dive straight in, dive straight in. I mean, um, I think the most hours I've pumped into a game is the Witcher three. And I think I have Same. like 175, like pushing 180 hours in that game. And yeah, um, that's, I feel like you could almost make an argument that that's a smaller game than Skyrim because of how many expansions have happened to, to Skyrim yep. and especially ESO Elder Scrolls online. I mean, um, you, if you do the, the game of Skyrim and then you, jump into ESO it's like you've literally taken a dive into the abyss and you're just gonna yep. go forever and you know, you're not lost really... yeah exactly <laughs> but um no I, I think that's great and I think the mage thing I, I noticed that because I definitely drive towards like a melee maybe a range character just kind of in everything that I've done even yeah. even going back as far as runescape I literally was a melee character and that's just what I wanted to train on I, I guess it just made sense like even in super smash bros I was a link like that's just a, a definitely a common theme for me yeah um, but recently in games that I've kind of fired up like I'm trying to think um Diablo I played some Diablo 3 and I wanted to definitely do a mage character just because it's different now yeah. I'm at that point where I just kind of want to try different stuff because I want to see what that's like. Like I want to do, you know, a sign build or like a alchemy sign build with um, the Witcher three. I want to try something different than just like hardcore uh, melee. But um, no, I, I, when you said mage, I, I definitely picked up on that because I, I think that's super cool because I would always just go down the same path of just going swords and shields kind of stuff. So yep. I definitely yeah. picked up on that. Yeah, I've definitely been a one-handed kind of guy too. I I, yeah. I can I can attest to that. But like I said, it was so different Sick to see fire to in your hands. Yeah. You can do this one where you'd like put your hands over each other and summon a ball of fire and then shoot it, and it'll be like a flame ball. Like where else are you gonna do that? Yeah, I mean you're gonna watch Dragon Ball Z, or else you could play Skyrim. Like exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, we've hit the four and we're going to jump into kind of the PS4 in the future here, but um, we're going to take a quick break uh, just to kind of refresh, refresh here. And yep. then when we come back, um, we're going to hit PS4 towards kind of like what we're looking forward to in kind of the future of gaming um, yeah. and kind of wrap this sucker up. So um, cool. let's take a quick one and we'll be right back. Sounds good. back from the little break um so yeah we we've definitely hit uh the playstation one through three pretty hard there oh um, yeah <laughs> for good reason um i mean there are just so many sensational games um in that in that i mean in those generations and so many that we didn't even hit on that are you know just yeah. like groundbreaking but um you know definitely some stuff that rose to the top for us so 
Um, now we're talking, you know, the PS4, which um, I I played a PS4, I think, for the first time my junior year of college um, when I was in a house with a bunch of guys. We shared a PS4, and one of the biggest games that we played at the time, um, which we ranked up our character at like an exponential route, <laughs> exponential um, rate because the PS4 never turned off. It was just a guy came back from classes and swapped with another guy oh, who just grabbed the controller and they just kept rolling. Uh, but that was Battlefront 2015. So when they did the remake of Battlefront, oh um, yes, they they released it on that generation and it was like dice supporting this incredible online experience that had all of the nostalgia of the old games and you're in star wars and the jedis have been totally remastered so it actually feels a little better um we played the shit out of that game i mean it just was yep. like non-stop um so that was one of the first experiences i had with the ps4 and then um I think it was two years later, um, Christmas of my fourth year or my fifth year. I can't remember. I think it was my fourth year. Um, my now fiance got me a PS4 for Christmas. Whoa. Um, That's when you know. I, yeah, because I hadn't had a console um, since the PS3. And I, I really stopped playing the PS3 like my sophomore year. Yeah, my sophomore year. Um, so there was a bit of a hiatus. Um, for gaming in the middle of college and I think it had a lot to do with just how much stuff I had going on at that time but um, the PS4 man I mean I'm I actually so that was a slim that she got me and nice um, I played that until about three or four months ago maybe sooner than that and I uh, bought a PS4 Pro off Chris Lunger actually oh good stuff nice um, and he is now on the PC uh, game he's on the uh -huh. master race master uh, race yeah yeah so in fact he is actually streaming on twitch right now playing Valorant. oh good for him yeah <laughs> so um yeah so i got the ps4 pro and i actually slapped a ssd um in there so now my my load times are super fast and and um all that good stuff so Boom. um that is what i'm currently playing and i love it um i don't really have a huge reason to get a PS5 until, like you said, Battle, Battlefield 2042. Yeah. Um, another game that was, I mean, is huge for me. And um, the sequel is something I'm extremely interested in is Horizon Zero Dawn and then Horizon Forbidden West. Um, nice. And then another announcement that I'm like, okay, I have to get a PS5 now is um, they are having DLC in a remastered version of the witcher three coming out um potentially uh -oh. later this year and it is a i believe it is a ps5 exclusive for the Oof. it's not okay so let me let me get this straight it is a next gen release of the game it is not just yeah. like a remastered of the 2015 version it is a completely next gen version of the game and they are releasing DLC content for all versions of the game um, based on the Netflix series. So, Whoa, okay. Yep. So there's something to look forward to in there. I think it's just going to be like a new armor set and a sword. 
Um, but still a reason to jump back in. Not that I'm not yeah. playing that currently, but a reason <laughs> to just jump back in, quote unquote. Um, but Absolutely. this next gen, this next gen version, man, they they even released a new version of the um the cover art and okay. his face has kind of changed a little bit his armor's changed like it just it's enough to just build the hype like yeah, they so know how to hard. do it they're pros but you gotta love them for it yeah so hearing that there's a next gen version of that is just like okay i need a ps5 because yeah. i need to play that version like there's I'm just in. no there's no option not to, but um, yeah. So, anyways, hitting the PS4 um, generation, still playing it. Both of us here. Um, you know what? What do you feel like was kind of your first games? What was different about the PS4? You know, for you, was anything different? I mean, one big thing I know is the controller. They they mm-hmm. finally upsized the controller, so it felt yep. a little more normal. But um, tell me a little bit about your your PS4 experience. Well. Before I jump into PS4, I, I got to tell a quick tale of woe. Okay. Uh, at the begin- at, right after I graduated college, I went home for the summer, worked at the beach one last time, mm-hmm. and then I moved up to San Jose to start my big boy job. Mm-hmm. Literally a month after I left, my parents sold my childhood home. Oh, boy. And I, I had my PlayStation 3 down there along with all of my games. Oh, God, I don't like where this is going. And my dad's like, hey, uh, we're just going to go through a room. We're going to get everything squared away. Like anything you don't need, let me know. And for some reason, I forgot the PlayStation 3 was down there. Mm-hmm. And then I just get a Venmo from my dad <laughs> of $45. Because that's what GameStop gave him for a PlayStation 3 and literally like 20 games. Oh, my God. And my dad, I talked to my dad about it. He's like, yeah, I still feel bad about that. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, dude, I don't think you understand like what that entails, but I guess you got to move on. But that, you know, that's, uh, let me just, that, wow. that's how I'll put a close to the, the PlayStation 3. Uh, chapter. Wow. Yeah. Does that that hurts? That's like, right? that's like anxiety inducing because yeah. I mean, I literally, okay. So I found my PS3 stored in my parents' place up in a closet. And luckily I, I had, we had moved my junior year of high school. So I had moved all of my stuff over. It wasn't, yeah. you know, it wasn't post-college. So luckily I had all my stuff there and they're still living there. And um, I've got some storage space there, but I grabbed the PS3 and I, I looked for any games that I had left. And I didn't think I had that many left, but I had, you know, the PS3 and all my save data and all that good stuff. Right. And I went to my local game spot called fair game shout out to fair game. Chris, Chris Lunger would always know that, but um, I bought Medal of Honor 2010, Medal of Honor Warfighter, Red Dead Redemption, Star Wars Unleashed, and Star Wars Unleashed 2. Yeah. This was like eight months ago is when I did this, right? Or maybe just before uh, Christmas. I think that was about the time, or maybe it was right after Christmas. So anyways, I jump into that thing, and it was like riding a bicycle again. Yep. It was like, Oh my God. Star Wars Unleashed was like, 
one of my favorite games to play because you just they just maxed out the force powers they're like okay here's like luke skywalker at his prime we want like triple that and we're just gonna let you play that so anyways i i just that is totally anxiety inducing because it's still in my closet and i don't want it to go anywhere so man that is a rough one yeah, that, that was that was a rough day. <laughs> the, yeah. the, just the the random Venmo, or I'm like, why did my dad just give me like 45 bucks? And then to find out what it was for, I was like, you only got 45 dollars for that, and you didn't even tell me about it. Like, oh, GameStop, yeah. those, oh man, GME yeah. baby. So, all right, but to go back to the actual, so PlayStation Four. first games that really stand out to me is got to be like battlefield three that was like the first one really it was battlefield three or four i don't remember mm-hmm. I think it was three it was released on playstation four mm-hmm. big thing i noticed was just way more massive the graphics were definitely a step above and yeah. the destruction was crazy mm-hmm. so i was definitely excited about the purchase i made mm-hmm. uh Games that really stand out to me from my PlayStation 4 era has got to be the Far Cry games. Okay, yep. Love those games. Um, an indie game that I really enjoyed is called uh, Firewatch. Okay, never heard of it. Uh, it's like a, a very story-driven game, a walking simulator, if you will. Mm. Just a really cool art style. And... You know how Red Dead Redemption kind of creates that simulated loneliness where you kind of Mm -hmm. feel like you're really on your own? Like this game does a really good job of making you feel like you're on your own in the wilderness. Gotcha. Uh, So it's a really good way to like disconnect, if you will. That sounds Um, great. I really like that a lot, actually. Yeah, and I think it's pretty cheap now. It's probably like 10 bucks or something. Totally recommend. Cool. so we got Bat- Battlefield was huge, Far Cry, Firewatch, and EA Sports UFC. Okay, some UFC enough, fighter, I like it. That's been like my big sporting game, the online okay. 1v1. It's just like kind of taking like the Street Fighter, Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. way more realistic, obviously, but same kind of arcade feel to it, which I like. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, those have been my my like main of late games. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my biggest one of late has been MLB The Show, the baseball game, getting back to the roots, just because the Padres mm-hmm. are, of course, hot, and it's it's making me love baseball that much more. So Tatis yeah. is on the cover, so I, 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 I got to play it. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, what's interesting when I talk about the PlayStation 4 era is the level of excitement I have isn't as high when I talk about like the PlayStation two, PlayStation three days, mm. because it's not that I don't like games anymore. It's just kind of that initial wow factor that you, that I got when I was playing the PS two and PS three. I, I don't know if I'll be able to kind of experience that again, as weird as that sounds. Yeah, no, I get it. Like it, it, games really have to be extremely like innovative and new and a different take for it mm. to hit that wow factor for me. 
Mm-hmm. And I don't want to sound like a snob or anything, but no, you know, I, I, I don't get as excited about like uh, the same FPS getting recycled every year and, yeah. you know, different maps, different guns, different skins, but ultimately the same gameplay. Yeah. So it's not that I'm not as excited about games. It's just that that wow factor isn't as there as much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like it's just waiting to be caught again. It's just exactly. waiting to be like something is going to hit and something's going to be totally different and new. Um, obviously, we can build all the hype we want about, you know, Battlefield and Portal and 2042 and, and all that stuff. But, you know, we'll see it come to fruition because um, let's be real. Plenty of games have sent out trailers that have looked one way and then the game is another. Um, yeah. Every every single major AAA firm has sent out something that they did not deliver on. Like it just, it yep. happens to everybody because there's just that massive greed factor of that first sale, that first weekend of sales um, that it it just, it just happens, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but I, I get, I get what you're saying. Um, I think I'm still on, um, I can be wowed by games and I, I just, I find myself, I do this with music. I do this with movies. Um, but I am able to just relive and relive and relive and relive. Um, not so much with the, the call of duty stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't buy a Call of Duty title from Modern War, or excuse me, Black Ops until the, or excuse me, Modern Warfare Three until Modern Warfare came out in 2019. Yeah, um, same. Because I was just like, I've had I enough. had no interest in this futuristic, crazy flying stuff that Call of Duty's doing. When I just, I don't know, it just didn't grab me. Um, and I think throughout that time frame, I was totally deep into like assassin's creed um or uncharted or um you know or 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 and um yeah i think right now it's right now um i am jumping back through the witcher 3 just because um it is so easy for me to jump in and feel like i can turn off and just feel immersed in a world i think that's what I think that's what I'm going for the most these days is just like, what can I jump into not feel like I have to take an hour to download my brain into the game and feel like I'm immersed again. Um, and something that's also not sweaty, like call of duty, um, something that's not a a huge, um, uh, you, you said it earlier, but the skill, the, you know, the, the, learning curve level gap the learning curve thank you yeah um like apex legends like i just i just played um titanfall 2 for the first time like a month ago or two months ago the campaign is incredible it's so much fun they it's so innovative the world and how you interact with it it's so functional for that shooter and it's different and it's got just these really cool it's a good story it's short um so I have, I have very high praise for that game. Um, but I, I tried to get into apex earlier on when it released and I was just like, wow, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Like I am aiming, I'm shooting and I'm getting smoked and I don't get the power, you know, whatever. It's just not, it's just not something I get. So that's not something that I definitely, uh, 
that I necessarily can relax to. Um, but yeah, so recently it's been like played Uncharted 4 um, with Ava, which was super fun. Um, I did some of Assassin's Creed Valhalla, but I just totally lost interest in that. Um, it's mm. just not it for me. Um, I remember I was, listening to you talk about it when you first started playing it at the beginning mm -hmm. of this podcast yep. and you were kind of expressing concern. Yep. And I was expressing know. concern and I also like, I was expressing concern and then I played some more and they had some good canonical stuff. And then it just bombshell. I mean, it just bombed. Yep. Like it just, it's so it's a thousand miles wide and an inch thick. And I just never got involved. Like the character just, it, I didn't buy in. Um, and the way they've gone fantastical with the series, not that they didn't before, it just is, it just different. Um, yeah. So that was, that was a bit of a bummer for me. Um, but what saved that kind of style for me was God of War. That mm. dude, God of War 2018 is probably and i i hate doing this because i feel like i've i say a new top five every six months but like i i can't express how amazing that world the characters and the just the story of rolling through that world i mean the, there's not enough praise to give to that game. It's just and you're consistent with that one. I've, I've heard you say God of War 2018 yeah. multiple times. Yeah. And God of War is never one that I've gotten into, but it, you, you've, you've piqued my interest. So I, I, I might, I might just have to download it and see what I think. Uh, I, I think it's totally worth it. It, it's going to take a minute because it's very heavy. Like you just, you feel like you hit these enemies like 50 times and you're just like, okay, what this is, it borderlined getting too old too fast, but then you start to upgrade your character and you start to, you start realizing how functional. And I keep saying this, the world changes in decisions that you make. And as the plot goes on, like substantially, and it's okay. just so cool. Yeah. It's um, cool to see. They nail the lore and just the vibe of the whole game. So um, yeah, anyways, that was, that was a huge one for me. And, and right now I'm basically biding my time, um, before I start, uh, Spider-Man. Oh, nice. Um, so I'm looking forward to that because I played the original, uh, when Tobey Maguire was Spider-Man and I played <laughs> Spider-Man two, um, which was the big one. That was when like, it was sandbox New York and you can literally yep. swing through the buildings. You can jump off the empire state building and swing at the very last second <laughs> You know, just these like insane things that you yeah. can do with Spider-Man. And um, I've heard raving reviews about this, you know, this version of Spider-Man. Same thing with Spider-Man Miles Morales. I've heard raving reviews about that. Um, so that's going to be probably my next game. And then um, Ghost of Tsushima is mm. um, another one that I, I definitely have to get into. That's one that I feel like that Skyrim factor of where like I'm scared to get into it because it's just going to be a time sink. Yeah. Um, but there's just a lot I've heard about um, the stealth factor, the gameplay, the sword fighting, the character. I mean, they just, there's a lot of, a lot of boxes checked um, for me. And um, that's something that I'm looking forward to. And then I'm thinking about it now. Um, I've started Control. I don't know if you've ever heard of that game. No. So I think it's a, it's a PS4 exclusive. 
And it is, a, I'm pretty sure it's at one game of the year at some award show in 2019, even though 2019 was a slow year for gaming. 2018 was like Red Dead Redemption 2, yeah, God yeah. of War, like just a crazy Huge. year of gaming. 2019 kind of slowed down. Control took it. 2020 was Last of Us Part 2. Um, but it is a like horror, thriller, shooter, uh, force powers game that is very, very heavy art driven. Um, okay. So I would, I don't know if you're into that style because there is yeah, a horror yeah. factor to it, um, which I don't games. usually play. Um, Out, I played uh, Outlast and Outlast 2. There you go. That, oh my Lord. That, that thing kept me up at night. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like that. It's not to the point of like jump scares and stuff like that, but the okay. world is eerie. It's very eerie and brutalist. Um, so I would, I would recommend jumping into that. What I think it actually was on um, PS plus free games in like February or something like oh, okay. that. So they're, they'll probably bring it back on that cycle. Um, but that's something that I've started and because it's that style, you don't really feel warm and fuzzy and like nostalgic playing it. It's more of like a crazy action kind of, uh, what's going to happen vibe. next. So, yeah. um, I recommend it though. It's okay. also, it's a total sandbox to do. It has a photo mode and it is a f- gorgeous game. It is an absolutely stunning game. So, um, I do recommend that one. So that's kind of my uh, my gambit of, of games that I'm playing right now. Um, I'm trying to think there's another game that I downloaded um, that I was playing, but I'll just, I'll, I'll leave it to that right now. And um, so that's kind of what I'm messing around with. Um, one thing I feel like we got to dive into, and, and maybe it's not the second, um, but The Witcher, um, that's a game that I was also hesitant to dive into just because yeah. I heard of the time sink. I heard also um, the monsters gameplay typically isn't my vibe. Um, Same. And I just didn't know if that was like overwhelming or if that was balanced well. <clears throat> and then I finally bought it on sale one day. I bought the game of the year edition. Oh, and, good choice. Um so I got both the DLCs and it's one of the best games I've ever played. Just like hands down uh, between oh, yep. the story, between the, like you were talking about earlier, the variety of gameplay and the variety of your own, like you only have a light attack and a heavy attack, but then you throw signs and then you throw oils and then you throw potions and then you throw yeah. bombs and crossbow. Like they just, yeah, they nailed a lot with that. Um, so I'd love to hear kind of your two cents on, on yeah. that whole experience. That was a game that I have like every year there's some game that just gets me amped. And that that yeah. game, I bought it on release day. And I what hooked me was they showed there's a gameplay trailer when they it was the uh, the mission where you're in the swamp where you save the like halfling kid from the harpy's nest. Yep. yep. You know what I'm talking about? And then you, yep. you meet the three the witches. Godling. Yeah. The godling. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I watched that, I was like, game over. I'm in. <laughs> and uh, yeah, man, I, I bought it and I was hooked right away. And what I loved about it was 
the vastness of the world and the, the, the not only the diversity in gameplay, but the diversity in the map, where mm-hmm. sometimes it'll be in, you know, a really detailed city, like one mm-hmm. of the most detailed cities I've ever been in for yeah. a game. And then you go to like what looks like no man's land in World War One, where you're it's yeah. just war torn. There's bodies here, bodies there. The ground is decimated. And then you're in a swamp and the trees are so detailed and everything around you is so carefully thought out. Mm-hmm. And the cutscenes were entertaining. Yeah. You know, there was everything, there's literally everything in the game, you know, friends, girlfriends, romance. You're fighting these monsters. You're trying to save this girl who's like kind of your daughter, kind of you're not. <laughs> it was crazy. And then they hooked me to play. I played it twice because the end you know there's so many ways it could have gone yes it's like damn it now i gotta go see what happened if i do a couple (laughs) things differently um but uh, you know a big accomplishment for me in that game and is it okay if i kind of talk about like deep parts of the story does it matter yep yep Uh, go for it spoiler alert for a a six-year-old game now but yeah yeah exactly when in, in the the main game when you go into the fog and you go mm-hmm. to like the where you finally find Siri, yeah. And it's it's the uh, the like seven dwarves, yeah. And you're on that island, dude. That that was so sick. Like yeah. I loved every second of that part, and that mm-hmm. it felt like wow, I finally got her. And then yeah. you know the the rest of the story from there is also just incredible. But that was a, a big moment for me, and I've I've only played, um. I haven't played Blood and Wine yet. Mm. I only finished the other DLC, Hearts which was Stone. Hearts of Stone. Yeah. Yeah. So that scene, um, when you find Siri, the way they were able to slow everything down and just play with the music and quiet everything as he opens the door and they zoom out and they see like you're looking across the room between the two of them. I mean, that's the kind of things that I feel like if someone who hates video games because they're just video games and, and, but still watches TV and still watches movies, just show them that cutscene and just yeah. be like all, you don't even have to know the characters. You just get to look at the scene and watch it play out. And I guarantee they would, they would feel something about yep. what's going on there. Um, and especially after, you know, what you go through, um, to get to that point. And then I just, yeah, I vividly remember that scene. And that's another, I'll throw some others out there that are just top of the notch in the last you know few years. Um, there's a scene with Arthur Morgan and Red Dead Redemption 2 that's not even on the, the main narrative. It's actually a side story from the Braithwaite Manor and you're trying to do this Romeo and Juliet situation. And oh, yes, yes. Ride. Yep. It's a train ride that you're trying to, you know, make them escape and you finally get them to go and they're, you know, they, they get, they become free and they go on the train and they go away and you sit down in this train station and you're next to this nun that you've met earlier in the game and you just watch Arthur break down, like just kind of like lose himself a little bit. And I was floored. I yeah. was like, this is, this is like, if you were watching, I don't know, Christian Bale 
yeah, on, yeah. on a movie or like, you know, just something incredible. Um, so that one hits me really hard. Um, another one is, of course, God of War 2018. Um, so spoiler for a three-year-old game, but you get to the top and you finally, you know, get to the last, the last stop and you spread, um, you know, his wife's ashes and every, everything that happens in the last like 25 minutes up to that point. Um, I'm not going to go too in deep cause I want you to play it, but, um, it's, in, it's just unbelievable the weight that they're able to display in the game, in that scene, um, as you kind of come to fruition to your goal. Yeah. Um, so there's just, I mean, that happens in, in so many games, even, even the battlefields, even the call of duties. I mean, of course the whole, uh, model warfare two, when Shepard betrays, you know, everybody and model warfare three, when you lose soap, like, it's just, you know, there's, there's some scenes that just really grab you. And I feel like, um, you know, video games don't really get the, um, respect that, uh, that they should, um, as far as that, as that is concerned. Um, I think I might've lost you on connection here. So, um, Oh, looks like you're back. Can you hear there me? we go. Sorry. I don't, I don't know what happened there. <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Um, all I was, all I was saying was just kind of wrapping up my point that I feel like, um, those scenes, um, don't really get displayed. Of course, there's heavy spoilers throughout them. So I get that. But at the same time, like, I feel like that's what puts them on that level of the greatest movie you've ever seen. And as yeah. far as media is concerned, being able to compare video games to um, the best movie you've ever seen, because the the acting and the thinking and the directing that goes into all these things is legit. It, it's legit. Absolutely. And it makes you feel a certain way. Yeah. And, and, and now that you're talking about that, I'm, I'm you know, I said, I, I don't get the wow factor as much anymore, but Red Dead Redemption 2 definitely gave me the wow factor mm -hmm. because of scenes and things that happened like the one you just described, but also the ability to make a character be like a flawed hero or just a mm -hmm. golden hero. Cause you know, you can become like the, the golden stag or the black wolf. Yep. And either way you're rooting for Arthur Morgan. Yeah. Like there's no way you can't because every action you make, yes, one's technically better than the other, but they both can be justified and understood. Yeah. And uh, it, it was just incredible storytelling. And then I loved the fact that it ends with going into John Marston, building yeah. the house, dude. Like, <laughs> the tune, man. You know what? That, that's, I talk about a game having to be innovative and unique, and that was a true, like, I, I'd never seen that before, and I loved yeah. every second of building that house. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, dude. And, and what it means for because it's a prequel and like you're, you're building the house and you're with uncle and you're with the family. And it's just like, it almost makes things more tragic because you're just like, God, I know yeah. how this is going to end and this sucks, but I'm just going to enjoy it right now because I'm here now. Yep. And I think that also is a huge point to the game. It's like, you have to enjoy what you have now because you don't get the crystal ball to know that, 
the agents coming back and and they they're not leaving any gang members out there to, to yep. ruin their perfect little society in, in the u.s in those days but like you know what a lesson for, from a video game like you know yeah. what i mean like it's just again it's the whole reputation of it but um you know it's yeah like you said i mean that's totally innovative totally different um it's not just waves of enemies that you're shooting in a first person shooter it's like you're literally building a house in listening to this tune that is so catchy and yeah. you're loving it you're still clicking square like you're just yep, like yep. let's build this thing baby yeah oh man yeah red dead redemption 2 was another one like the witcher 3 i obsessed over it until release same thing with red dead redemption 2 it's yeah. like, you know, the, the games, these companies, like you said, they're so good at building that hype, but I love every second of it. I love yeah. knowing when this trailer's coming out at this time, yep. Yep. getting on YouTube, refreshing, refreshing. All right, it dropped. Let's watch. Let's see what's going on. Yep. Like that's, that's, that's a feeling I love is that hype right there. Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. Battlefield Portal in 2042 has got me going there right now. Yep. Uh, and I've just got to do some more research on more games coming out because I know there's a ton, but I'm 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 excited for the future and seeing what it has there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that was going to be one of the things I asked you is kind of what you're looking forward to. And um, I feel like the whole next gen thing is weird because, you know, there's stats out there that PS5 is just screaming like 20 million copies have already been sold and it's like smashing uh previous records for other consoles um and that just surprises me because i know one person with yeah. a ps5 in my friend group um i know so no it must one be yeah so it must be just not here um i know two or three people with an xbox series x or series s um, so it's just weird that that's, that's happening. Maybe it's just a marketing thing and they're just really good at saying, yeah, we sold a bunch of units, but they're just, whatever the case is. Um, I know, I don't know how many of those units are one. bought by bots. Like true. I think there's a lot of, you know, we talked yeah. about the sweat. There's the sweat of people who buy graphics cards, yeah. these consoles and just hold them. Yep. So I'm curious if that could be what's causing this, this like lack of. That's a really good point. Community I, I, that we're seeing. I remember, yeah. Cause I know that there's a bunch of, uh, you know, shady stuff going on as far as that. And PS five is going for like three grand <laughs> because people are just like, I need to get it. I need to get it. And there's these shady people that are trying to justify what they're doing when it's just like, dude, I, I, I just don't, I don't have any, uh, any love or respect for that, but no. um, yeah, so so the whole PS5 and the whole next gen thing, like I'm sitting here just like there's like three, maybe, maybe four exclusives that I would even consider jumping up to um yeah. at this point. And there's delays happening, like Horizon for Horizon Forbidden West just got delayed. Um Battlefield is a huge point um, because it literally doubles the amount of players. You can only play with 64 players. Um, you know, on the PS4 and the Xbox One, but literally for the PS5 and, and the Xbox Series X, it's going to be twice that. Um, and then, yeah, there's like things here and there, like playing Spider-Man Miles Morales would be super cool on the PS5 because it's just utilizing all the tech. Um, yeah. But I just, there's so, I have such a backlog on the PS4 that I'm like so content with what I'm yeah. doing right now. 
it's like when, when the PS4 came out and I had the PS3, I, I noticed that, oh, I'm missing out. But yeah. I don't feel that at all right now. The online PlayStation Network community on PS4 is still huge. Yep. You're never logging into a game and not having lobbies to play in. Yeah. Uh, like you said, still tons of great titles. Um, but but maybe Battlefield will be the one that that changes things and you start to feel that that tug. Yeah. Yeah, and I think they're balancing so much because crossplay is so huge right now and that wasn't a thing in the PS3, Xbox yeah. 360 era, even the PS4 and Xbox One era. Like you were either Xbox or you were PlayStation. Like it was not yep. it was not a crossplay thing, but now that it's crossplay, I think the market really is changing a lot and has to um, market to that. It has to market to crossplay because <clears throat> like, especially with the world right now and so many people working from home and so many people pra- practicing social distancing, like they have to connect and they want to connect and they want a game to be crossplay and they will buy a game that's crossplay because they want to be able to play with their friends regardless of the console. So there's definitely a drive for that. Um, and that doesn't exactly o- or help the companies that are trying to sell exclusives. Um, yep. But at, at the same time, um, I, I totally get what you're saying. Like, I remember when it was starting to peter out on the PlayStation 3, especially because I held that one for a long time. Yeah. Um, and you're just starting to just notice that people have moved on and you're just kind of like, oof, I eventually need to do this. But yeah, at this point, time. <laughs> at this point, it's, it's not, an, you know, not necessary. And um, I don't even think after maybe holiday season of this year, it'll be necessary, but we'll see how that all goes. Yeah. Um, but yeah, kind of looking forward to the games I've got set up and, and there will definitely be more releases. I know there's still um, games coming out on our, you know, our generation of consoles. So plenty to play in the future, but um, yeah, man, I have a feeling that we will definitely be seeing each other online a little more now. Absolutely. And, um, I definitely think that there will be a pre-order purchase for Battlefield coming pretty yep. soon here. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, anyways, man, I just got to say thanks so much for coming on. Um, thanks for having me. Hit a lot of things that are right up my alley, so that was super fun. And uh, yeah, I will definitely be having you back on to hear our experiences with X amount of games um, in yeah. the future. So thanks so I, much I for I look forward on, to man. that, man. It's It's been a blast, and uh, I look forward to seeing you online. Cool, man. We'll be seeing you soon. Thanks, for right. so, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you.